With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Recorded live. All right. Yeah, I, I can. I can just see um, Maxwell Smart talking to somebody on, or talking to his boss on this shoe. You know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, okay, so today is uh, session five of uh, Esther's Happily Ever After Call series. It is December uh, 16th, and it is a little after 7 o'clock. And uh, we came already on the call, already free and clear, ready to rock and roll. We didn't have anything we had to get rid of. We were 100% here. So love it, love it, love it. Uh, that's rare, but I, I don't care as long as everybody's did when they get on the call. So anyhow, mm-hmm. so... Um, Let's see here. So how has your week gone? Like, what have you gotten out of, you know, last session or any of the other sessions that's, that you're present to? Curious to hear. Well, I think I think the predominant feeling I have is that I just need to be clear and then extremely selective because it's not about how many flirts I get on the website I'm on. It's about happily ever after. Yes. And and there's a lot of thought and intentionality that goes into that. Yes. A lot. Okay. Anything else? No. Well... I've gone from kind of yearning and thinking, oh, gee, wouldn't this be nice and this is missing from my life to, well, if it shows up, it shows up, but I'm not settling. Excellent. (laughs) That's actually my sentiments exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. When I was uh, playing the game, uh, I used to say to myself, um, I wouldn't say it to, to the woman, but I'd be thinking to myself, uh, you know, I know you're cute and everything. You know, you seem to be a lot of fun, but what else you got? That's, yeah. that's what I was thinking, you know what I mean? And then when I started to do this coaching, I would ask women, so what do you bring into relations? What's, what's, you know, what's special about you? And they looked at me like I had, like I was a unicorn or something. Like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's almost as if, I mean, I can't be 100% sure. It was almost as if I got breasts titties and people want to have sex with me what else do I need like they had that kind of <laughs> look in their face like no that's not going to be enough that'll get them that'll get them it won't keep them you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh since doing these programs and like helping people I am so much more pickier than I was before you mm-hmm. know it's not even funny I don't even want to I don't even want to pretend I mean I, I don't even I, <laughs> yeah I'm super picky now well I mean I was picky before but I don't know I was picky because I was like, you ain't going to mess with me. Now I'm picky because this better work. Yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't, I don't have time, you know, for it to not work for me to be working on my relationship. I need my relationship to be like a joy and a refuge 
but mm-hmm. it's really more joy than anything. I'm not I'm not looking to do that other stuff. So when you said that, you know, it it was you rang the bell, ding ding ding. Mm-hmm. So I got it. Good. And I guess that means I'm doing my job too, because I want people to be so picky that they don't fumble and fall into, um, you know, relationships that don't work. Because they're trying to make it work rather than, like, knowing how to find the right person in the first place, recognize the right person, and coming together. Yeah. You know, yeah. the right way. So, you know, you nailed it. Okay, good. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. All right, great. By the way, I know I said this to you or texted you or wrote it somewhere before. I think I wrote it in one of the recaps. But, um, this is kind of reminding me of my conversations, my sessions with uh, with Rita's uh, now son-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you're getting it, and, but you sure? Like, I got to, you know, it's, the conversation is going much faster than it usually goes. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then last week I even heard myself telling stories, and I was like, which is good because, you know, that's the way for people to visualize what I'm saying uh, and, and be able to internalize it better, but. I think if I took out the the, the the three stories that I shared, I probably could have got off the call 15 minutes sooner. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think yeah. you already got it anyhow, but, you know, so it's like if I don't have to tell any stories with you, I'm not telling them. So, because it's not necessary. You just, you're just really going to get it. So I just want to, you know, acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Thanks for getting it done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, I was feeling insecure. Like, you sure? You ain't bringing up no issues. You sure? You ain't hiding no issues. You sure? Like that. But, um, you know, I'm hearing you, and you, you got the right attitude. It's working. So I just want to put that in. And now let's move forward. How was your, um, uh, your you know, assignment, the, the, the personal life charter? Did, did, oh, that's right. You didn't get to that yet. You were just dealing with um, the, uh, the triggers, the emotional triggers, right? Oh, no, I did the, the personal life chart, too. Oh, oh, okay, okay, good. Let's start I with that. But I did the personal one. Oh, let me let me fish that out. Yeah, I printed it okay. out and stuck it in my briefcase. Let me get it. Um, yeah. That was good. While you're looking for it, yeah. Oh. I like doing it. Oh, yeah. That. It was good, a, that's what I was going to ask. a good reminder of, you know, who I am and what I'm about and that I've got something to contribute. Yeah. And that I don't want to be derailed from who I am. Like, if if our purpose and mission lines up, great. If it doesn't, I wish you the best. Right. <laughs> Boy, you sound more more like me every every second, every sentence come out of your mouth. Love it. And <laughs> but that's how people should be walking around. You know, it's like you gotta honor who you are, honor what you're up to, honor the creator's intention for you, you know, and like look for the one who's for you. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm almost ready to let you just leave you alone now, but i got to finish the program. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I just want to – when you sent me the email, was the personal life charter completed in there already? Because I didn't, I didn't look at the document. Yeah, it was attached, but um, – Okay. Do you want to – do you want me to quick read it to you or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So who I am. I like to think and engage with ideas. I play the piano. I sing and dance. I enjoy cooking and sharing the results. I like to be sought out for advice. 
I like to stay active, walk, jog in fresh air, yoga, swimming, kayaking. I like both mountains and beaches. I affirm and encourage others. I appreciate order, although I don't like to be the only one creating and maintaining it. And I love to laugh. Awesome. So now, the way I have designed the personal life charters, the way you have it, you've got answers to other questions in there, and your answer is going to be a lot simpler. So let me let me just share with you. Some of the things that you have in there is who you are. So, you know, there's a section called the hats that you wear. Mm-hmm. Some of those things you said belong there. Okay. Some of those things you said are like the tools you use to get through life. You know, I think the tools, I forget the term I'd actually have, but, um, yeah, yeah, well, it just says the tools I have. And so, mm-hmm. you know, writing and fun and things of that nature would be it. And then it's funny, I didn't put down hobbies. So when you're saying that stuff, I'm like, oh, I should put down hobbies in the, in the charter. I, I guess that's the first major adjustment I'd be putting to it, so thank you. But, uh, yeah, people should be present to their, their own hobbies, so they don't got to be scratching their head like, what do I want to do? It's ready. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's so, probably the longest answer I have. The rest of them are pretty direct. Okay, no, but that's fine. That's fine because um, when I refer to um, you, you know, who are who. Who I am is, it's it's like um, the best way for me to describe it. Even though um, it's not exactly the way I'm about to say it is, when Landmark says, "You know, who are you as a possibility?" Right. You know, that's the that's who the who I am is. But but you're not doing it as a possibility. You're doing it as a declaration and as a uh, a standard. And you know, like that's who you are. So for myself, who I am is love and enlightenment. And and any and, and the small the shorter it is the bigger you actually are, because okay. everything that can fit inside of that is that. And so uh, I know I didn't say that, which is fine, because it's like you go ahead and do what you're doing, and I'll give you like how I intended it to be done. But it's not like a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just sharing, you know, with you like my intention for it, so that you know when you're trying to remember who you are, or you're getting connected to who you are, or you. You know, you're comparing what's going on to who you are. Yeah, it's really usually pretty simple. You know, who I am is love and enlightenment. It's easy for me. You know, am I, am I operating consistent with that? Kind of like that. So, um, you know, whenever you look, go back over it. I would invite you to look at that because I think there's a couple of things that that summarize everything that you said. Mm-hmm. And I think well, I think one of them is fun, but I don't know if that's if that belongs there for you. But I, I definitely heard fun a few times there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. My, I still love my advanced course possibilities. Oh, who I am, who I am is courage, joy, and empowerment. Uh, that sounds like what you were saying. <laughs> okay, go, go with that. You know, and and you know the other thing about this is that you want to look at it from time to time, and then if you see that you evolved or you see you've got a more clear way of saying it, you know, keep upgrading. The first time I did my own chart, it took me eighteen months before I was like, oh, okay, this is it. Mhm. Mhm. change. So it's a living document. Um, you know, it's not a it's not an assignment. You know, it's a living document. So it's like you on paper. Anyhow, okay, great. So what else you got? Let me hear the rest of it. My purpose. I'm very blessed, and I experience joy when I'm a channel when I share the overflow. Hmm. So it's something about channel. My purpose is to be the gift 
brothers through being a channel or something like that. It, it's not mm-hmm. what it's about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, okay. So to give you an example, what I mean by that is, you know, who I am is who I am is love and enlightenment. My purpose is to leave people better than I found them. And um, my mission is to um, that no, actually, my mission is to leave people better than I found them. Um, my purpose is to um, give people back to themselves. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's easy for me to stay focused on that, but it's it's as clean cut as that for yourself, you know? Okay. And as as you say, this is a living document, but I'm thinking to be a source of light is my purpose. Love it. Love it. Great. My mission is to direct people's attention to the divine. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Now, question is, is it just to point their direction to the divine? Or is it connect them to the divine? You know, like, I'm asking, it's not like you got to answer it now, but, you know, is it more specific, more direct than that? Are you just introducing them to it? Are you connecting them to it? Or you, you know, like that. So let's, you know, you don't have to necessarily go through it right this minute, but, you know, I think okay. it's more than just, hi, here's the divine, you know. Okay, okay. I suspect, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting, I'm sniffing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so. <clears throat> I kind of chuckled when I wrote the, my principal one. My okay, standard of in, Yeah, my standard of integrity, do unto others as you would have done unto you, and I don't follow the letter of the law. I'm happy to find and benefit from loopholes. Ask forgiveness, not permission. Fly under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like freedom. It sounds like freedom. It sounds like freedom. So, you know. <laughs> that, that is so funny. I swear to God. <laughs> that sounds like freedom. <laughs> I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you about my um, the last time I was stopped for speeding, did I? No, you did not. You did not say that. Yeah, what happened? Oh, the guy. The guy came up and he said, uh, "How are you today, ma'am?" And I said, "Well, clearly I'm doing a lot better than I should be." Oh, and he laughed, and he only gave me a warning. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's fun. See, part, fun is a part of you. Like, I'm really getting that, you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe you yeah. have that as one of your principles even. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's almost like if you ain't having fun, you know, what, what's the, you know, the a, problem? It is a huh? problem. Fun and yeah. freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, fun need to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay, my hats. Sister, mother, granny, friend, colleague, employee, housemate, dance partner, business partner, massage therapist, neighbor. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're also, you know, a fun facilitator. You're also a bunch of other stuff that you don't even know, as you said, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, 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 something you said about, um, what was it you said about your mission or your purpose? 
to be a source of light. Yeah, a source of light, right? Uh, um, That could be, you know, one of the hats that you wear. Yeah, okay. Because you you definitely wear that hat, right? And then the other one is uh, something about the divine. What was the word you used again? I said, well, using your edit, it connects people to the divine. Yeah, um, you know, a spiritualist or something. I don't know, you know, but I like... (laughs) Those are the things that those are the those are the actions and activities that you engage in, or who you see yourself as, or who you automatically turn yourself into. Those are mm-hmm. like the hat you wear, you know. Mhm. You know, so you know, give you a sense of that. So. Mhm. Okay. My best qualities: persistence, loyalty, kindness, friendliness, generosity, humor, active listening, making connections, low drama. Mm, got you. By the way, on your uh, the hats that you wear, um, mm-hmm. or you can put down that you're a communicator because you are. Okay. And look for qualities around that realm too, the intangibles, because uh, you know as far as a hat, because there are times mm-hmm. when you who you are is a communicator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you, you right, you experience yourself as that sometimes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. And so, uh, okay, good. And so. Um, uh, your best qualities. Okay, keep going. But we really we're just zooming through this. And what I will do at some point is email you uh, mine, so you get a sense of like you know the, the the level of rigor I put into it, and and probably give you some some ideas to put add to your own. But you know yours is yours. I'm not trying to make yours mine. I'm just trying to give you the, you know the grand yeah. sense because when you do this with your future partner, you want him to be as clear, as rooted, as grounded as he could possibly be so that y'all are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Playing together. All right, good. Next. My life focus is to be of service. Hmm. Well, that's clean and simple, and I love it. Your, that's your life focus, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Clear. Okay. Probably the next one needs some more. I'll, I'll just tell you what I have. I'm wealthy by many people's standards. I have a car, a home, a good job with the prospect of another five years steady work. I would like to retire in 2016, spend the winter months in the sunshine, travel, and spend lots of time with my grandkids. Beautiful. Stop right there. So here's what you're going to do with those four sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, wealth, you know, household, you know, family and fitness, I think, or whatever it is. I forget, right? I'm not looking at it. Now. You want, mm-hmm. you want, like, you want it to be like, you know, how you wish it was when you when you get ready to die and you look back on your life. You want it to be a not actually a bucket list, but kind of like a version of your bucket list. You know, like how would it be at its best? Okay. Yeah, so I don't even care if it's fantasy, like it's not possible, like you own three countries. I don't care, you know. <laughs> okay. And I, I really, I really want you to look at all of this like that, you know, like, you know, you, you, you know, rose from, rose from the dead, you know. What I mean, like, it, you know, you're seven feet tall, and you know, you actually turn you split yourself into two, and you marry yourself. I mean, it, I really, it, it doesn't have to be accurate. It doesn't have to be true. It just needs to be okay. a true expression of who you are. All of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular there. So, uh, and then in those four areas, uh, you know, I invite you to look at it from the standpoint of experiential more than detailed, and you're going to have to have some details to express how it feels in those areas. 
but you know what happened what how can I say this experience how it, it would be in a, as an experience is is much more flexible is much more possible than to say how it looks you know because when you say how it looks you're limiting its the capacity but there's a thousand a million ways to experience joy uh you can experience abundance or experience power or whatever that is so you know I would advise you to write it in terms of experientially and then put details to describe the experience rather than have the details uh, dictate the experience. Okay. If that answers, if that, you know, communicates. Make sense? It does. It does. So probably all these need to be reworked. Um. And what I will do also is now, you know, since I do have a read I didn't look at it before, I'll, I'll, you know, uh, I'll do some editing and re- resend it to you, you know, so that. Uh, okay. Because I'm hearing it and then seeing it, I'll probably be able to, hearing it, I'll just tell you how it's landing. But seeing it, I'll probably be able to connect some things to it and like some, make some notes around it from that perspective. So. Okay. You know, it, it won't be, uh, you know, in depth, but it will be enough to make a difference, I think. So, but anyhow. Uh, and this is typical. Actually, this is probably better than some because most folks, they'd be like, oh, they put like one or two words here and there. You went, you know, you went in. You know, it was good. <laughs> but I don't expect anybody to get it as intended because it's just too much to explain mm-hmm. beforehand. So anyhow. Okay. So my, I'll just skip to my intended outcomes then. Yep, good, good, good. Um, who you become as a result of fulfilling your personal life charter. Peaceful, joyful, and powerful. Okay. I also want to invite you to consider that section kind of like your bucket list. It's like whatever else you didn't put on the rest of it, put it there. Oh, <laughs> so I make that one concise and you're suggesting I I build that one up. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> men are not women and women are not men. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever else you wish that you had or want to have or, you know, feel you're supposed to do or whatever, you know, put it down there. I, I probably should rename that bucket list, but that's fine. It's, it's like, you know, okay. if, if you did all of those things, what kind of accomplishments would you have accomplished? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, oh, that's, okay. that was my intention around that. All right. You know, you, yeah, so if you if all those things happen, you know, you might be, you know, uh, um, the president's, you know, main consultant. I don't know, whatever. Okay. So okay, good. So so you know when you have that, it'll be that much easier to recognize who the guy is. Now, granted, wherever you're going to be, I promise you, he might have the flavor of life that looks like your charter, but it ain't going to look nothing like your charter in specific. You know what I mean? So, but at least you'll be able to hear you in him, and hear him in you in your speaking and interactions. But if you're mm-hmm. not as clear as, as as clear as that charter will allow you to be, then it's really challenging to, um, you know, it's really challenging to be able to, um, you know, connect with and stay connected with, you know, this this person that's not a real match for you. But but I don't know how some person could know themselves better than this unless they died and came back, you know, to life before yeah. they, uh, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. All right, good. So uh, I declare that complete. And uh, I say, you know, if he was here, I'd give you a high five. That was that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Um, uh, you want to talk about your triggers real quick as well? Well, I'd like to go over them real quick. Cause I, I, All know. right. You've got them there, so why don't you go over Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good. Hold on a second here. Okay. Having fun of me, but I do have access to it, so I'll do that. Mm-hmm. You want me to read it? You, if you have it in front of you, yeah. But um, but uh, yeah, I gotta go find it. I, gotta go, go to uh, I can get it from email easily enough. It's in my sent mail. Okay, there they are. Being interrupted and not having the conversation circle back again to finish the thought. Yeah. So, okay, keep going. Just, just go through all them. I have them in front of me now, too, but keep going. Just keep going. Go ahead. Setting plans and having the other person not create the structure to make it happen. I can deal with some wiggle room and life happening, but not if it's consistently that way. Mm-hmm. Feeling as though another person doesn't acknowledge my intention for good when circumstances don't turn out the way we intended. Mm-hmm. Not being listened to. I don't usually chatter on and on unless I have something worth saying. Complaining as a way of being. Venting is fine, just not if it's the general outlook on life. Being ignored. I understand people can be preoccupied and in the middle of something, but consistently being ignored, that's not okay. I know it's that's not okay for you either. Yes. <laughs> Ingratitude. Because I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. And then these, I don't know if these last three actually fit in, but I know they clearly impact my ability to stay level and to meet what life hands me, and that is not getting enough sleep, not getting enough exercise, and making poor food choices. Got it. Okay. Got it. So it's good that you have that because I wasn't going to, like, what do you do to trigger yourself? I was really dealing with what other people do to trigger you. But those three things are, like, what you do to trigger yourself. So you can be responsible for that. Mm-hmm. But but the rest of it is, like, what other people do to trigger you. So now, here's what I want to give you around it. So being interrupted mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. having the conversation circle back again to finish that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to give you, like, an analogy um, for all of them, and um, <laughs> I think it's a funny analogy, even though it's not really funny. So, if you were had the power and the freedom, and nobody would ever mess with you, to shoot every single human being that ever uh, interrupted you and the conversation wasn't able to go back, eventually you'd either shoot thousands of people millions of people uh, or everybody on the planet just about, and then what would you have left? Now, the reason why I bring it up is almost like there's so many people that's going to do that. It's like you're just walking around being triggered waiting to happen in this area. 
So rather than being annoyed with the one person that's in front of you as if they're the only one that's ever going to do it ever again, how are you going to deal with that particular situation called being interrupted and you never get a chance to finish your sentence or thought? Does that communicate? Is that a question you want me to answer? Well, yeah, if you got an answer, bring it. Let me hear it. Well, I guess I have a couple of responses to it. One is... Um, it's just started bothering me more recently because I have more trouble at this point in my life holding on to what I want to say. So I I actually had this happen to me last night. I was at a board meeting, <laughs> and we were in a small group of people, and somebody who um, kind of has a habit of interrupting said, now I, I need to interrupt you here, and he went on and completely changed the subject. And never never came back to it. And then I couldn't remember what it was that I wanted to say. And it was my responsibility to take minutes for this meeting. And it was just sort of floating around in the back of my head until I remembered what it was and was able to complete the circle for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at giving people room to just be who they are, but this just particular thing happened to bother me yesterday. Yeah, but it's not just that particular thing. You know, it's not being listened to. It's complaining as a way of being. It's being ignored, you know. It's not being acknowledged for your good intentions when you, you know, when circumstances don't work. It's like all of that. It's ingratitude. It's like, you know, there are literally hundreds of millions of people who probably have all of these, or all of these are inside of hundreds of millions, if not billions of people. So okay, happening... I'll, I'll listen to whatever your gift is, Tony, because I really liked your gift when you said if somebody criticizes you, they, it's expression of confidence that you can handle it and you can do better. So you must yeah, have some yeah. kind of gift that I just need to listen to. So... um you know, I'm 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 kind of working through the explanation of it, how to communicate this to somebody. But what I'm saying to you is, the, if these things bother you, then every time somebody does this, it'll be out of the blue. You won't really be uh, expecting it, and because mm-hmm. you won't be expecting it, it will bother you because it does bother you. I mean, you know, it's understandable, but your perspective around it is what bothers you. Yeah. Because there are millions of people in the United States that does all of these. Never mind China, <laughs> Russia, Middle East, right? So the question is, are you going to get mad at everybody or are you just going to, like, find a way to not get mad, not get upset, not get triggered? How to be trigger-free in the face of all of this? So I'm waiting for it. So... Now the thing for you to do, and it's going to be specific for everybody, I believe, at least anyhow, and this is actually, it's funny, I'm writing a, well, I've been, I haven't written in about a year this daggone book, but I have a book that I can't wait to finish in this very conversation. It's called How to Be Happy No Matter What, right? And so, you know, we all have our, um, how do I say, we all have our points of view, that the point of view is what's in the way of, um, being able to handle stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, late, the last really big one I got free from, free of, is um, me making other people wrong because they're not like me. They don't make the time to, to, to give themselves. So when I go to talk to them, they feel like I'm interrupted and they want to control me. 
and I would always be shocked by that, and I would be triggered by that. But when I realized that I was making them wrong for not being me, that freed me from ever being uh, feeling like I'm being ignored because they're not a people person ever again. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing this to you because you have something about uh, not being acknowledged for your good intentions when circumstances implode. You have a mindset that when they don't like it, that they automatically get on you and you're going to automatically get annoyed. I mean, it's, you can count on it because this is something you haven't, like, sorted out for yourself, right? So, for example, let's just take that one because I don't have this managed. I just want you to – my intention for this year right now is so that you can actually see those things happening when they happen rather than be shocked by them, right? Not to stuff them, but at least to know that, they're, that, that you, you know, tomorrow is likely to happen if somebody does those things, right? Okay. So let's just, just, let's just, just take that one. If a person doesn't understand acknowledgement, they won't be able to acknowledge your good intentions when circumstances implode because they'll be too busy being annoyed that the circumstances imploded. They don't understand. They, they're not going to be present to acknowledgement. But at the same time, if circumstances implode, they, won't, they don't care or they don't remember or they won't think of you still had good intentions. This is actually a part of, you know, uh, this, this particular part about good intentions is about last session, which is, you know, to consciously create your relationships. Make agreements that work, which is why you create the personal life charter and then you both combine your life charters to create, you know, a relationship charter, right? So now the question is, why do you think people won't acknowledge your good intentions when circumstances implode? I don't really know. Well, how do you feel when they do that? Is it anger? Is it insult? Is it, you know, invalidation? Is it pain, hurt? What is it? Frustrated, frustrated, misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, in the communications curriculum, the three causes of upset are undelivered communication, Thwarted intention, and what's the third one? Um, unmet expectations. Yeah, unmet yeah. expectations, yeah. So it sort of all falls under that umbrella, I guess. Yeah, well, that they, everything makes, you know, when we get upset, all three of them almost always pop up, one first and then the other two behind it, right? So mm-hmm. it's just, how, it's like a, a you know, a, a, what do you call it, a triad of pain, you know, you can call mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Uh, that's the first time I ever said that, but it, it, it is what it is, right? A trio corruption, man. It just bothers you. But now, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what do you think is happening to the person when they're not acknowledging your intentions? I. Where you okay. What are they? Do- what's happening to them? Yeah, where are they at? What's going on for them? They're frustrated, too. They're frustrated that things didn't go the way they intended. Yep. Yep. Okay, what else? 
Um, I'm coming up dry, Tony. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. Because, you know, you're actually teaching me how to finish my daggone book. Thank you very much. So um, so what's also happened is that they're not thinking about you, and they're not caring about you. They're too busy thinking and caring about themselves. Okay. Right? And so, you know, in this conversation, what I'm present to is if you can take care of them, then they will actually get your good intentions. And even if they don't get your good intentions, at least if you took care of them, you can continue the relationship until later on when they actually do get your intentions, you know? Mm. Okay. Like the person <clears throat> with the strongest emotions is, is the one in charge of the relationship, at least for as long as they have the strongest emotions. So if you can put yourself in the, the other person's foot, the shoes, right? Yeah, they're upset that it didn't happen because they they're not as advanced as you. Right? They're not as aware as you are. Um, they don't understand the difference between intentions and results. Um, they're triggered. They're shocked. And they're too shocked to even notice you other than the fact that you, you're the reason why they're shocked. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, you already know you have your good intentions, but you're hurt because they're not recognizing your good intentions. Mm-hmm. But they can't see you, and, and apparently you can't see them either in that moment. Somebody got to see somebody. Yep. You follow? Mm-hmm. So in the case of this one specifically, you can start looking at what is driving their upset and then give them peace in their upset. It won't necessarily make you feel more free. It won't make you be immune to this, but I bet you if you do this often enough, you will find the context that makes you say, oh, got it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> if you be in their world often enough, because that's what has happened to me in a few areas that I've had that kind of breakthrough freedom, I had to get in the other person's world to find out what's going on with them, and then I could see how come it bothered me and how come there wasn't a connection. Okay. That's good. Take care of them and they're upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that way you can learn from them because, you know, and this is a perfect segue into the next session because the next session is about miscommunication. That's a problem in relationships is miscommunication. And this is where, this is the type of thing that makes miscommunication happen. It's not vocabulary, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, people not, there's people not understanding each other. And this is not a gender difference problem, but gender differences look just like this conversation. He wants to feel successful. You want to feel safe and secure. You keep talking about safe and security, safety and security. He keeps talking about success. Y'all never get anywhere, even though y'all talk about the same thing. Yep. And this is exactly it right here. Okay. You know, like, so the, so the gender difference causes a miscommunication. The, the, you know, not understanding where they're coming from causes a communication issue. The communication mm-hmm. is more context than it is content. That's like um like the the new the new um uh the new model of communication is a context. It's not a content. It's not okay. contextual. You know what I mean? So so mm-hmm. um so I'm gonna leave it right here.
at this particular point. But um, you know, I'm 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 willing to have this conversation go on more because this is actually the first time I actually got a chance to see to begin to create a real formula for this. I, you know, my intention at this point of creating this, these these um, top triggers is so that you can at least not be shocked when they happen anymore. Yeah. But if you okay. can, like, if you so if you can recognize it as a pattern, like you don't get shocked when you get hungry. You know, no. you get hungry again, right? You're like, oh, I'm hungry, right? Up, oh, somebody ignored me. You know, same difference because it's going to happen the rest of your life. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we act like it's never going to happen again. What's it going to happen? We we not only don't we not only act like it's never going to happen. We never even consider that it's possible that it could happen, which is why it comes as a shock every single time, which usually creates an emotional outburst most of the time. And an emotional outburst could just be a uh, a silent treatment, being ignored, thrown away. You know, so <laughs> if you can see that it's going to come up, you can start preparing yourself for when those things happen, not like you're walking around saying, oh, uh, let me see how I can avoid being ignored today, right? It's just <laughs> that, you know... You don't you don't need to go there, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, so for me, one of the things that I I have to deal with when I'm being ignored is they just can't hear me. When I mean contextually, they can't hear me. They're like right. they can't see where I'm coming from. I can't get mad at them for that. They can get mad at me all they want, but you know I can't get mad at them for not being able to see because not everybody could do it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm walking around being shocked. What you can't understand me? How how how, how harsh could that be? Like how dare you? You know, like. <laughs> Waste of time, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, I'm, I'm going to be saying the same thing tomorrow with the next person, you know. You know, one of the things I've got to, uh, you know, I, inside this conversation, I'm just present to I haven't really gotten a handle on. I haven't even got conscious to it just till just now about how much I hate terrible customer service. I hate it. Like, I hate it. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, that's like that's my list. <laughs> yeah, like punch people in the face hate it, you know. <laughs> I have sent nasty letters to CEOs from terrible customer service. Like, oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. So I just, you know, like, I, I, that's just one more thing to put on my list. But mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like the things that upset us are going to happen again. So what are you going to do about it the next time? Be surprised and treat it like is it the first time it ever happened? Because that's how we treat emotional triggers. Like, that's the first time it ever happened. Okay. <laughs> so, anyhow, so that's the best I got for you right this minute. But I'd be happy to engage in this conversation further because the way you're going with it um, is going to, like, I believe is going to help me to get to where I need to go to finish this daggone book. You know, if, if, if I don't get it before the creator starts giving it to me again, I might have to get it on my own. I don't know, you know. But uh, <laughs> this is because I want to finish the book. This book is freaking unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, nobody's ever seen anything about nobody's ever seen anything about what I'm about to what I have in this book, and I, and I know the planet would benefit tremendously from it. So, um, but in the meantime, this is one of the main areas that need to get handled around it. As a matter of fact, if I could p- figure this out and teach people how to do this, you know, this could be you know something that contributes to world peace. If if if, if political leaders, world global leaders, learn how to do what I'm trying to figure out here, mm-hmm. then they won't get triggered. And, and want to blow each other up and, and trap each other off and use the 48 laws of power and all that other crap, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I'd be happy to engage in this conversation further. You know, if you feel free to, you ever get triggered and you just want to, like, talk, call me. I'll talk about it. Okay. 
So as far as I'm concerned, that would be a contribution to the rest of the planet, like me figuring this out. So I'm telling that. I'll tell everybody. (laughs) Okay, great. So um, I'm I'm declaring this uh, this conversation complete because you know we yeah I'm just going to plan it complete. I'm not even going to explain nothing. It's just that's the deal. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) um, okay. So now we're going to go into um, today's uh, today's session. Where the heck are we at here now? Come on. Where's my where's my my document, man? Oh, there we go. <laughs> so the top five issues that happens in relationships is, um, again, not knowing who you are. And then secondly, it's not understanding gender differences. Third is not under, not managing emotions. Number four is, uh, <laughs> number four is the whole section of what we just talked about. Dealing with uh, breakdowns and upsets, uh, infrastructure-wise, not managing mm-hmm. uh, breakdowns. And then uh, number four—that's number four. And then number five is miscommunication. So, uh, as I'm scrolling here to get to the miscommunication part, um, oh, almost there. Okay, great. Um, we know that's what we talk about today: miscommunication. So, let me start off by saying. But oh, by the way. Before I move any forward, let me just double check. Is there anything you want to say to be complete about what we went over so far? And you know, no, no, I'm good. I gave it something to chew on. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good, good. And and you did too, so I, I appreciate it. You know, because um, I really do want to get to the bottom of that issue. Mm-hmm. And you might get some of it in what I'm about to say. Okay. So, so um, I'm starting off this conversation about miscommunication by saying that it is easier for you to understand 100 people than it is for you to get or make even one person understand you. You said it. Mm. Okay. It's easier easier for you to understand 100 people than it is for you to make even one person understand you. Okay. Most people don't listen. If they don't know how to listen, they'll never or almost never be able to understand you. Um, okay, yeah. Um, if they don't know how to listen, they'll never or almost never be able to understand you. Waiting for someone who doesn't know how to listen to become effect to become an effective listener is a lot like making is like is a lot like waiting for a five year old to move your car out of their driveway. They just okay. don't know how. <laughs> Making them wrong is not going to help them become a better listener either. In addition, they don't think you'll listen to them because no one else does. Why should they listen to you? If they don't think other people are going to listen to them, then they're not, they don't think you're going to listen to them. And so they're not <laughs> they're just not going to listen because they don't believe anybody listens anyhow. So what's the difference? They're resigned and cynical in the area of listening. You get it? Make sense? Oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, safe. Yeah, talk about it. So if hardly anybody knows how to listen, then how the heck are you supposed to find them? Oh, we're going to get there. All right. (laughs) 
mean, you can see that that's out there, right? I mean, it's clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you got your landmark grads, and, you know, they know how to listen, and they listen generously and all of that. But, like, the rest of the world, not so much. Well, now, and as you've observed before, how many landmark grads do you know who are in the relationship of their dreams and have great bank accounts? Not many. Yeah, somehow there's some disconnect there. Well, the disconnect is that, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm just going to, you know, tell like it is. The disconnect is that at Landmark, you don't go to Landmark for relationships and you don't go to Landmark for money. That ain't what they do, what you get out of it. What you get really, what you really get out of Landmark is a higher level of consciousness mm-hmm. and a way to manage your mentality. But you don't yeah. get, you don't get money, you don't get relationships. I didn't get I didn't get almost any of the stuff out of landmark from uh, uh, that I got around relationships. I had to figure it out and, and watch people and all that other good stuff. So, but anyhow, yeah, I hear what you're saying. They say you can have anything, but they ain't saying anything anything in particular specifically you can have. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can learn how to trans. You can learn how to shift your context and uh, on your word. That's most of what you get out of landmark in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then they also learn, they also teach you how to, or they help you dissolve as many of your blind spots as is possible. I wish they could dissolve the number one blind spot, which is um, your life purpose uncovered. That's what I really wish they had to focus on. But that's fine. Somebody else is going to have to do that because they ain't going there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. If you listen to others 100%, they will experience being listened to, then respected, honored, appreciated, and in many cases, shocked. <laughs> Let yeah. me say that again. Let me say that yeah. again. If, if you listen to others 100%, they will experience being listened to, then they'll experience being respected, honored, appreciated, and in many cases, shocked. Mm-hmm. What that does is make them want to return the favor. Ah. If, if only so you'll continue to listen to them more often. <laughs> yeah, okay. Also, you'll demonstrate how to listen and teach them how to teach others to listen by your mm-hmm. demonstration. Okay. So I'm going to read that paragraph again because I think that helps you a lot. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. If you listen to others 100%, they will experience being listened to, and then they will be feel respected, honored, appreciated, and in a lot of cases, shocked. <laughs> because somebody's actually listening to me. Get the hell out of here. What that does is make them want to return the favor, if only so you'll continue to listen to them more often. They want to talk to you because you listen. Also, okay. you'll demonstrate yeah, – again, go ahead. What? I just said okay. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. I thought you were saying All right. Uh, also, you'll be demonstrating how to listen to them, and you'll be teaching them how to listen to others through your demonstration. So that's what happens. If nobody, somebody got to be listening to somebody. Yeah, bottom yeah. Line. So if they're not listening to you, you'll turn to listen. And then eventually they'll be like, oh, yeah, by the way, that was, 
What do you think about that? They eventually say that even if it takes weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you know, you always work with you know, you gotta you gotta work with what you got, right? So anyhow, the biggest causes of miscommunication in relationships. Not knowing who they are, lack of understanding of gender differences, structural and other breakdowns, being controlled by their emotions. Misunderstanding of context, oh, my God, lack of knowledge of how to listen, even though everyone has the skill. We all got the skill. It's obvious we got the skill. We just don't necessarily know how to, how to listen or what to listen for. So here's some of the impact of miscommunication. This, this list, by the way, is not um, um, complete. It is not uh, finite. Uh, there's lots of other things that can be on this list, but this list is still pretty considerable. So the lack of uh, the impact of miscommunication is loneliness, loss of trust, defensiveness, judgment, anger, confusion, invalidation, sadness, shock, breakdowns of every sort, disappointed, disappointment, resignation, jealousy, alienation and other forms of emotional pain. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh that is not a uh that list is not complete, meaning like there's lots more stuff that can be put on the list that's all I can think of at the time. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, you know, you you've experienced I we everyone has experienced all of this. If they've you know, at least around at least by the age of I don't know, 6 or 7. Everybody has experienced all of that. Anyhow, the value of effective communication. And what I mean by the value of effective communication, this is you listening to them 100%. Somebody better be listening to somebody. Mm-hmm. Clarity. Clarity. Workability. Synchronicity. Love. Intimacy. Cooperation. Understanding. Increase in knowledge and effectiveness. Fun. You know that word, right? Fun. I do know that word. Yes, I do. (laughs) Satisfaction and fulfillment. Validation. Growth. Teamwork and partnership. Accuracy. Happiness. Joy. That's just some of the benefits. So, um... I have a a statement, a a context I'm inviting you to carry with you, which is if people repeat themselves, you haven't listened to them 100%. I hate that statement because they have the experience somehow of not having been listened to. And I'm responsible for that. But that doesn't mean I didn't listen. I just somehow didn't know how to help them know that I was listening. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Listening 99.99% is the same as listening 0%. Either listen 100% or expect to fail as a communicator. Oh, brother. Sorry. If you have the slightest distraction when they're listening, when they're speaking, then Mm -hmm. what you're saying is, what they're here getting is that you're not listening 100%. And so they will repeat themselves. 
Okay, I guess what I could do is say, please may I tell you what I heard, and then you can fill in the blank. Awesome, because the part that you didn't hear was their context. Yeah. The part that they didn't have the the experience of you getting is their context. You might be able to repeat what they said word for word. If you don't know their context, you didn't listen 100%. You didn't get it 100%. Let me put it like that. And by the way, Nobody can listen 100%, 100% of the time. But they can listen 100% when they're ready to listen 100%. Yeah. You just can't listen 100%, 100% of the time because it's just too many distractions in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Here's a uh, the start of eliminating triggers from unfulfilled expectations because that's a big part of miscommunication is you expect it to be listened to or you expect it them to you know you expect it to be listened to you don't expect to say it right you just expect it to be heard right so um, <laughs> yeah right I, I think about hear it. what I mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I said it why you didn't get it I told you right. <laughs> <laughs> So, eliminating triggers from unfulfilled expectations. First off, don't have any. <laughs> and second? Yeah, and secondly, make a shift from having expectations to having desires and observing how your desires are a match with reality. Oh, my God. <laughs> That means altering your mindset, your actions, your agreements, your structures, et cetera, inspecting everything that you are thinking or anticipating, you know, whether you have to inspect to see if it's going to work, inspect your attitudes about how how triggered you are, how attached you are, but you just got to keep questioning everything all the time for the most part, but not for anything other than to see how you can be or are a match with reality. Because we have expectations that ain't necessarily matched up with reality, and that's where we get upset. And if we're dealing with somebody else that has the same problem, which is, you know, there might be, you know, a couple of hundred thousand people on the planet, probably not even that much. Maybe there's like 10,000 people on the planet that's evolved enough to be free from expectations most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say not that many people in the in, in the New York Center of Landmark Education is not that you know what I'm saying that whole <laughs> so so I, that's why I say the number is probably real small. Okay, um, I've seen I've seen Landmark Forum leaders get triggered, you know, but he just not to throw it away quick. But man, right, anyhow. right, yeah. So anyhow, um, so yeah, so you want to make a shift from having expectations to having desire, having desires, and observing how your desires are a match with reality. And then communicate your expectations to the people who have expect who you have expectations about or with. And so here's the last thing I'm going to say. You got to be able to make agreements, and I'm going to talk about agreements in a minute. Well, a couple of minutes. What I mean by that is, if you have an expectation, if you have a thought about how something's going to go, and you don't communicate that, you can't really expect it to happen because, quite frankly. You didn't make an agreement. An agreement is no longer – you can get upset about a, unbroken, a broken agreement, but you actually had a conversation about it. If it's, a, if it's an expectation, 
you didn't have you didn't have a conversation about it with anybody. So you can't even get upset with the fact that it didn't happen. Who know who knew that's what you wanted? Make sense? It does. I'm having a flashback to my marriage where I thought we were having conversations, but I guess I was just having a monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they have, uh, you know, there's they, they, they the distinction automatic recurring dialogue. Well, they don't tell you that there's also a distinction automatic recurring monologue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they refer to it as the morass, but really it's an automatic recurring monologue, quite frankly. And so that's what mm-hmm. does trigger as much as anything. Mhm. Yeah, Michael Dolan. I would pat you on the back, on the shoulder right now. I can feel that you can use it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, really. You know. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And now, um, here is a question. I don't remember if I gave you this question before, but I'm gonna give you this question that's gonna help you tremendously in this area. A powerful question to use when dealing with people who trigger you is, what must they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? Oh, yes. I remember hearing this, and I really heard the value in it, but I'd forgotten it, so thanks for repeating it. Yes. What must they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? You don't have to ask them. You just have to ask yourself and keep your eyes open. You will get the answer. But sometimes you might want to ask them that. You know, you might want to just come out and say, what was you thinking that made you feel that what you just said or did was okay? What you, you know, what you just said was okay. Because something happens and we have a reaction to it based on our already decision about that type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we have a decision about how we feel about glass falling on the ground and breaking and making noise. Mm-hmm. But it depends on where we are when that glass is breaking. <laughs> yeah. The conditions yeah. around the glass breaking, right? So, you know, we talked about that before. So, you know, something happens, and then our brain automatically connects it to our concept or how that matches ideas and experiences that we've had in the past. It goes running, I, I imagine it runs right into our memory, which, you know, in this case, I say is, is a morass. And then the morass automatically pops up. We feel a certain way, and then we do something about it or say something about it, which is really doing just, like, verbally, you know. So yeah. you want to understand, like, what's the world look like in their head that made them feel, made them think whatever they were thinking, they had to feel that what they just said or did was okay. So you got to be asking mm-hmm. that question. And the more you ask that question, the more you'll be able to start understanding how people think. You'll be able to practically read their mind. You'll understand what principles they're living their life by and all of that. So uh, not just your partner, but everybody. So um, use that in your conversation. Use that in your trigger when you get triggered by somebody that, you know, was pissed off with you because, you know, the situation didn't go right. But, you know, you had the best of intentions and they ain't smell it. They couldn't tell or didn't notice or didn't care, or whatever, just blinded by it. So, um, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, Last thing we'll say about that is the power of that question is that it puts you in their world and allows you to learn things, understand them, and even teach them how to understand you. 
Because they'll say something if you ask them the question directly, and it'll be contradictory to how you think, see, feel. And then you'll be able to communicate that. You'll be able to explain that. You'll be able to say, uh, but that's not where I was coming from. Would you like to know where I was coming from? And then if they say yes, now you can talk. Make sense? Yep. Uh, I can tell you're so happy. Calm down. <laughs> I, I guess. Just, see, I just, I, I, you know, I'm engaging with stuff I have to do. It's I got a, it. A new, new way of being, and I'm sure it'll be worthwhile, but it doesn't mean I'm happy while I'm learning it. <laughs> I feel so recreated when some of my situations in the past. <laughs> Feel partnership in that one. I'm sorry, and that's not a partnership. Well, place a place I want partnership. But I don't feel partnership about that one. <laughs> All right. So now that you understand the world of communication, you know it's not about specifics. This is like structurally, conceptually, philosophically, how to look at uh, uh, communication. Just basically, you got to understand them and communicate to them and teach them how to do what you do to them. That's the bottom line. You can't get mad at them because they don't know how to do it. It's like you get mad at a man because he doesn't know how to take care of a menstrual cycle. He ain't got one. Well, you're going to get mad at him for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, completely, you know, know, bananas, but, you know, expecting somebody to do something that they don't have any any concept about is the same thing as, you know, getting mad at a, at a, at a, uh, at a, at a monkey for not sending you a resignation letter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, that's right. What are you talking about? Right? So, um, and people's actions will tell you what they do and do not know how to do. They'll be like, clearly, he doesn't know how to apologize. So let me see if I can help him over here. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a context. It's not a part of this, but it's a part of my life. And so the context is don't make people wrong. Make a difference. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, and it's inside of the um, the 80-20 rule. You know, you've got skill sets that 20% of what you know how to do will produce 80% of your life at least, if not mm-hmm. more. Right, and so if they don't know how to do some stuff, it's probably part of their eighty percent skill set, not their twenty percent skill set. So when people get upset with people for not being able to do something, that the person who's upset, it probably is upset that the fact that they've got an eighty twenty skill set is eighty percent skill set. I mean, a twenty percent skill set, and they're mad at somebody who, in that same area, is an eighty percent skill set. How come you ain't as good at it as me? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Don't make them wrong. Make a difference. Mhm. You know, and and treat your gift as the gift that it really is. So anyhow, so that's that. Now, now that you understand that you have to teach them how to listen, otherwise you're gonna get upset because uh, they ain't gonna never learn how to listen, at least not around you. Not not like they never will, but they never will unless you do something about it. You know. Um, and uh, the next thing is that how to how to make relationships work in the area of communication is to uh, make and keep agreements. You got to be constantly making agreements, and then there's ways 
you know, a process and concept and a model for making agreements. So I call it the anatomy of relationship agreements. Okay. So we're gonna go we're gonna go over the anatomy of relationship agreements because uh, there's five parts to the uh, anatomy of a relationship agreements. There's the areas of agreements. There is the areas of the impact of the agreement. There is the level of the impact that the agreement is around or whether it's, you know, working or not, the style of negotiating agreements, and then the level of workability of the agreements. And I'll go through each one of them. So you got to know where you need to make agreement, and then you got to know the impact of the agreement, and you got to know the level of the impact of that agreement, and then you got to be able to negotiate in a way your style can't be destructive. And then, you know, your, your, your uh, uh, agreement needs to be workable, have functionality, workability, like that. So, uh, all right, so let me start. So every in the area of a relationship agreements, in the area of agreements, everything is up for negotiation, everything, <laughs> which also means that everything needs to become an agreement. Often people assume their partner wants or thinks the same way as they do, not true. You was about to say something? No, nope, I'm just listening. Yeah, okay. I'm going to read that again. Everything, in the area of agreements, everything is up for negotiation, which means that everything needs to become an agreement. Often people assume their partner wants or thinks the same way they do. Not true. Everything humans do in terms of interacting with each other works best when there's an agreement in place. In our everyday life, outside of our relationships, there are agreements on driving rules, corporate entities, social etiquette, real estate values, etc. So, in the in the relationships where you know in the marriages that last you know ten years or better, and well, I'm going to say twenty years or better, and they're happy after twenty years, is that one of the things they've learned to do without anybody necessarily telling them is they've learned how to make agreements. You know, they make agreements and they, you know, they either make an agreement with each other or with themselves about what just happened or didn't happen. But they may not know how to say, you know, honey, I really got to say what's there for me to say, even though they mostly do. They don't do a whole lot of withholding because the withholding kills the relationship. So at some point, they're going to get it out. They may pick their, pick and choose their times and, and, and you know, and their battles. But they end up making agreements, and then by the time they marry 25, 30 years, they ain't a whole lot of work to do. They're just kind of like enjoying their relationship, you know. But they make yeah. agreements on pretty much on everything when you think about it. They don't have a whole lot of conversations though in about 25, 30 years except for, you know, maybe their entertainment purposes or something or how they feel about other people but <laughs> or what they're going to do next. But they ain't a whole lot to talk about because most of their life is under some form of agreement. So. Um, some areas of negotiated agreement are finances, sex, self-expression, family interactions, home life, shopping, uh, holidays, responsibility, spiritual pursuits, personal space, adventures, sleep, organization, education, child rearing, contribution, teamwork. I got a list. I'm not reading the whole list, but Every area, everything is up for negotiation, <laughs> and everything needs to have an agreement. This list is not all-inclusive. 
because the areas for negotiated agreements are not limited to the imagination. Let this be a guide for what needs to be agreed upon. I also suggest that you add to this list as you come across things that aren't on this list. So when I send it to you, you know, feel free to like have this somewhere where you can actually uh, see what's missing that you would the area that's missing that you would want to put down there. You know. Okay. So um, everything is up for negotiation. Just just understand that there's no area that's not up for negotiation, except for if you just you negotiate that this is an area that's not up for communication. So I'm not I'm not I'm not negotiating this. This is the way it is. You need to agree to that because that's how it's going down. If you don't agree to it. I'm still doing it anyhow. Okay, honey, I agree to it. <laughs> like you got, you got standards. You like this is one of my standards. You're gonna honor my standards. I don't like it, but okay, I will. Uh, mm-hmm. Or he have, have to like you know come up with a counter offer. You know that works, but it still has to come up so that you both agree to how it goes with. Then, um, the areas of impact. This means you have to consider what your partner wants. This means you have to think about your partner from the following perspectives. Um, gender differences and your partner needs. So, you know, he needs to think about you from the standpoint of safety, uh, safety and security. You would need to think from the context of success at least to start off. If you can at, mm-hmm. at least stay in that context to see mm-hmm. how it's going to impact his relationship to success, or how it's going to impact your relationship to safety and security, at least if you start there, you got a shot at making it work, you know, because you're, you're addressing a key component of who they are, not mm-hmm. so much what they do, who they are, right? So, um, um, yeah, areas of impact, gender differences and partner needs, skill level or lack of skill, meaning you make an agreement, but some of the other person don't know how to do this thing. That was a sucky agreement, <laughs> you know, so... The agreement needs to be based on skill level sometimes. That's an area that would impact an agreement. Uh, degree of self-expression or joy the agreement provides for your partner or not empowering, you know, not uh, you know, how much it suppresses your self-expression or joy or your partner's. That's another area of, uh, of impact. Um, who's in charge of when? Who's in charge of what they're in charge of and when they're in charge and how Mm -hmm. that agreement affects that agreement, time availability, finances, necessities, desires, does it help or enhance or or withhold or, or, you know, stifle desires? Is this agreement useful or practical? So this is like the areas of impact. Not so much, you know, so so um, this list will give you a holographic view of your partner's needs as well as your own. Mm-hmm. You, won't, you won't need to include everything on this list most of the time, but you do need to be aware of them whenever you're negotiating or creating agreements with them. Also, when negotiating, consider negotiating fundamentally rather than on an individual basis. In other words, let each negotiation and agreement open the eyes to more or better ways to make agreements. Like, use each agreement as a way to train you to make better agreements. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, in the areas of impact, it's not the same thing as how it's being impacted. But the reason why this is such a big deal is because people that don't know the impact their ways of being have on others, you know, they're the type that some people that drive in and drive and they look in the rearview mirror and see all those dead bodies and they want where the dead bodies came from. They don't know they're the ones that killed them off because they don't know the impact. They don't know where impact is at, completely blind to that. So this is this piece is designed to help you and your partner understand your impact on each other, at least the areas of impact, even before you look at the amount of impact, Okay. which is, what, which is what's coming next. Mm-hmm. I just had the experience that you just, like, had your, like, you had the experience of, like, being, I don't know if you was mind blown, um, um, uh, excited, like, really, really impressed or something. What, did I just, is that just like my imagination or did you just have a thought like, wow, of some sort? Just checking in. You, you know, if you're not, it's cool. I'm just, I'm just checking in, you know. Um, I think I had an experience of relief. Like I, I had some obvious distress earlier on in the call. Like, oh, geez, I really have to rework my strategy here. You know, my thought, my perspective there. But this I'm kind of more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Well, see, this conversation is going to help the one you're stressful with. Okay. You know, because if you understand how to negotiate and you understand the impact of all the areas of negotiation, then, you know, you can negotiate and make a difference with the people who it, the, the, they're triggering you until you can discover how to be untriggerable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So, like, that's your thing. So you be listening for, how can this be the last time I ever be triggered about this crap? Oh, that's good. That's really good. You should write that down. I never said that before. Now, I'm going to have to translate it, transcribe it from this call here. How can this be the last time you ever get triggered by this crap? Okay. So, um, next, uh, we talked about areas of impact. Now we're going to talk about the level of impact. Um, if you cannot tell whose emotions are highest, when it comes to when it comes time to create an agreement, you're setting yourself, your partner, and the relationship up for trouble. You won't know the impact of your ways of being and acting until it's too late. If you don't monitor the impact of your actions, attitudes, or timing on your partner when it comes when it becomes obvious some agreement needs to be made, or worse, become momentarily lazy disinterested or blind and don't even bother to check in with your partner's level of need, whether they have the experience of being taken care of or not, or they're not emotionally, energetically, or intellectually prepared to negotiate clearly. And I'll read that again. 20 years from now, they'll remember feeling that you didn't care, uh, that you didn't take care of them or their feelings, even if they don't remember what you said or did. Let me say that again. Let me, let me let me like say this again, and this is one of the ones you might want to like keep around so you can like read it because it's it's very specific, but it's um yeah it it gives you a more global view of it than just you know I don't know how you I made you feel um you won't uh, uh if you cannot tell whose emotions are highest when it comes time to create an agreement, you're setting yourself up, your partner, and a relationship for trouble. You won't know the impact of your ways of being and acting on your partner and the relationship until it's too late. 
if you don't monitor the impact of your actions, attitudes, or timing on your partner, when it becomes obvious some agreement needs to be made, or worse, if you become momentarily lazy, disinterested, or blind, and don't even bother to check in with your partner's level of need, whether they have the experience of being taken care of or not, um, or they're not really prepared to negotiate clearly, 20 years from now, they'll remember feeling that you didn't take care of them or their feelings, even if they don't remember what you said or did. So there's lots of reasons why you might check out and not notice. And this paragraph here will give you some serious places to look to see if you've been checked out so that you can honor, or if they had the experience of you being this way, even if you weren't. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. That paragraph was a mouthful, but you're going to want it. It's the level of impact paragraph, so that didn't help. Don't forget their feelings when it comes to making and keeping agreements. Doing so weakens the relationship and reduces your joy. <laughs> even if it don't reduce theirs, it, even though it will, but even if it doesn't, it will reduce yours if you don't remember to the, uh, take uh, their feelings into consideration when you're making and keeping agreements. Taking care of your partner when it comes to making agreements tells your partner that you love, respect, and honor them. You want them to think that's how you feel about them, yes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. I, I was asking a question. Uh, I already know the answer to it. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. So uh, next, style of negotiation. It's just these two next pieces. Um, style of negotiation. This aspect of making agreements needs you to be at least two-headed about it. You must be yourself, and at the same time, you must be about creating agreements that work for everyone involved. Being yourself means you can be funny, matter-of-fact, savvy, or intentional, but you shouldn't be any way that throws your partner off. Remember, this is your partner. This is no time to fight, use strong-arm tactics that work at work or on anyone else. Your style should be colored by your intention and commitment. Leave them better than you found them should be the context of your negotiation style. And you, then you make sure you be yourself. Well, anyhow, that's my philosophy, leaving people better than I found them. If you like that, feel free to use it. If not, find something that calls to you and works for your partner as well because if you don't, you won't know for sure how to take care of your partner, and you could be taking currency out of the relationship's emotional bank account. Yeah. Bottom line, yeah, good. I bottom, good, good. Sorry. I I seem to um, not be sure about what introverts are thinking and feeling because I. I think if they're upset, they usually need time and space. Well, but then I don't know when's the right time to check in. So, I guess I could ask for them to tell me when I could. Yes, I was about to go there. See, that's an area, that's an opportunity for a negotiated agreement. Mm hmm. 
I respect you being an introvert. I respect that you, you know, need time to get, you know, together. But I would also, I also am a request that you understand that I want to actually have our relationship work. And so uh, I will give you as much space as you want, but I want, I need to make it, I need you to agree with me or to want to make an agreement that you eventually get clear with me so that we can be free in our relationship. Man, I know you're introverted and it takes you a while. You willing to do that? Uh, what do you mean? And then you explain it more, and then they'll be like, uh, okay, what does that look like? Uh, well, this is what I think. Does that work for you? No, well, I need this. And then, and that's how you negotiate. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that was just recorded. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man. Okay. That's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, don't ask me to say that again, you know. No, uh, I won't. <laughs> All right, next, the level of workability. This means do you know how to create agreements that work. Creating agreements that work include the following, integrity, responsibility, workability, and I said solidity, but really stability. So I'm going to change that word to stability, but I'll get to it. All right, anyhow. Integrity. This means making sure that what you what was agreed upon is what happens. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know there's no breakdown, but you know the integrity of the agreement is is stable. Okay. Um, next, responsibility. You do the parts of the agreement you said you would, and even support your partner in doing their part as well. Like. You take responsibility for seeing that the relationship, that the agreement works. Um, and as part of that's maintaining the integrity, which is the result, but the, the way the access to the integrity being withheld, being withheld up, is that you take responsibility or even accountability, which is, you know, you making sure that you do your part and you hold yourself accountable for your partner doing their, account, their part. Um, so that's that. That's number two. Number three is workability, that the agreement doesn't have any holes or back doors in it. In addition, mm-hmm. it doesn't need adjustments, and it doesn't, or it doesn't need them very often. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, you know, you won't know for sure that you made an agreement that works until it's worked or it didn't. And yeah. then you make adjustments, right? You make adjustments rather than be mad that it didn't work. Okay, well, we didn't do complete work. Got it. <laughs> you, go, you know, you make some more adjustments around the agreement until the agreement is solid. So, you know, in the beginning, you're going to be making agreements that may not work that well because you haven't figured out how to make agreements with each other that work. Rather than be mad at them for not honoring their part of the agreement or being mad at the agreement the way it went. Mm-hmm. You know, in the early part of the relationship, have it be that you're learning how to agree. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, last piece um, is the solidity. I really want to call it the, the stability of, of agreement. That the agreements need to be able to be built upon as new agreements are needed in the future. Your agreements need to be so solid and stable that you could use that as a platform, as a fund foundation for other agreements. Like that's the quality of 
the level of quality of the agreement that you make. Okay. And so when you learn how to make agreements and you know who you are and you know how to manage your emotions and you know how to uh, handle, you know, breakdowns and, and, and um, you know, instructions like that because, you know, when you make an agreement, a lot of the thing about agreements is, you know, what you're going to do if this don't work. That's as important a conversation as any. And then, you know, you know how to communicate, which is this with this, and then what all is left is what's what's coming up next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, which is the best part of the whole thing, I promise you. Oh, good. It's the best part of the whole thing. So, anyhow, uh, what do you want to say? Anything you want to say about uh, what we just did here, you know, this session here? Because this is, uh, I could tell this was like a really important one for you. And I'm happy, but let's check it in, you know, in close. Mm-hmm. I've got some really good questions, some good notes here. How can this be the last time I've ever been triggered by this issue? 20 years from now, how did I make them feel about this? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Tony. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So, um, um, yeah, you're going to let me know what time we're going to talk next week. Which is great. Uh, I'm thinking maybe three o'clock on a Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that work for me. Okay, great. That works. Makes it work. All right, awesome. If you need me during the week, feel free. You know, it's it's an honor to be, you know, your uh, coach, advisor, teacher, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's really an honor because you're you're a smart cookie. You get this. You didn't know this stuff. So, you know, nobody could say, you know, you should have known this stuff, right? That, that's like an expectation that's, like, stupid, you know. But the fact that you can get it so easily and so completely is, like, it's inspiring. So uh, go on with your bad self, my sister, and uh, be baloney and signing off. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.